It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by PrizePix. PrizePix is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week. You might be already in it. It might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, because like, when I shot, I expected to make it. So like, I don't shoot kind of miss. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Canada, the NBA title is yours. We're going to the bridge of the Hail Mary 3 by Mo Get that garbage out of here. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to episode number 932 of Locked On Raptors for Friday, April the 23rd. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter as always, at WoodleySean. And you can find the show at Locked On Raptors. You can find links to every single episode of the podcast. And of course, please make sure that you're checking out the entirety of the Locked On Podcast Network. we got team-focused shows covering every team in the Big Four sports, as well as the power conferences in the NCAA, plus a lot of national shows, including... Our Ultimate Mock Draft 2021, its own podcast feed covering the NFL Draft. It is the biggest thing Locked On has ever done in concert with Odyssey Sports. Uh, Highly recommend you tune in. If you are a football fan, you'll hear our local cast of experts, as well as uh, Michael Irvin, Brian Baldinger, Jason LaConfora, a whole bunch of experts from the Odyssey Sports Radio family. And uh, we appreciate you supporting that podcast, if you so please, as an NFL fan. Okay. On today's show, we are uh, running the mailbag that we did on Locker Room on Friday morning with myself, Vivek Jacob, and Katie Heindel, who popped in about 10 minutes into the chat. Uh, We answered a bunch of mailbag questions from you. Not the entire thing is available here for the show, as we got to keep it tight, and we went about 45 minutes or so. But if you want to hear the entirety of our mailbags, which we're going to just turn into a regular thing uh, on the off days for the Raptors, then I highly recommend you get on Locker Room if you have an iOS device and pop into those chats. Uh, Follow me on there, at Sean Woodley, and uh, it's easy. It's super easy to get on board and get involved and ask some questions and appear on the podcast or have your questions appear on the podcast. And uh, that's what we're doing today. The first 30 or so minutes of our 
locker room and uh it was a lot of fun just a heads up the audio quality not quite where i typically would like it to be we're still working out the kinks with locker room and their sort of back end and recording and all that stuff but it is listenable for sure and i uh, hope you enjoy it we answer a lot of good questions we also talk about the chris boucher injury news freddie gillespie uh and the raptors dancing and singing to miley cyrus it's all very very beautiful and uh we have that on tap for you in today's show by the way, before we get to it, just a reminder that today's show is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, use the code LOCKED15, and get 15% off of your next order. With that, we'll get to more Built Bar a little bit later on in the show. But for now, let's lead you into the mailbag chat with myself, Vivek Jacob, Katie Heidel, answering your questions on Locker Room earlier today. Enjoy. Vivek, what's going on, buddy? Hey, nothing much. You uh, start the day off with some Locker Room. Yeah, well, I started my day off with watching some Freddie Gillespie sing Miley Cyrus, and boy, was that a good way to start the day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a lot of fun. Yeah. Max contract uh, now. Yeah, I mean, we can start there if you want. Um, he was a big story in the most recent game for the Raptors, the five blocks. Uh, Adrian Griffin yesterday kind of dropping some shade at Aaron Baines probably unnecessarily uh talking about how nice it is to have bigs for the first time since Serge and Mark a little weird um I would you add on that's a... not necessarily just a shot at Baines it could very mm-hmm. easily be a shot at MLSE on the front office too that's true that's fair um I feel like MLSE can take the blow a lot more than Aaron Baines can at the moment uh <laughs> <laughs> feel bad for the guy man I, I mean I've dumped on him enough this year but to have it be one of and we've all dumped on him so hard. And I kind of feel bad for it in hindsight, but um, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I know. I I definitely think it was the wrong thing to say. I also think it's a guy who is not used to speaking with the media daily, just blurting mm-hmm. something out that he shouldn't. Yeah. Have. yeah. But uh, in terms of Freddie Gillespie, man, I, I mean, he looks great. He looks like a wonderful rotation big. And I don't know. Do you think there's I mean, it seems like it's tracking towards him getting a new contract and being around uh, well beyond this year. But, you know, what, where are you at on him? What do you think kind of potential he has? We've only seen him for a handful of games, so it's tough to really know. But uh, what are your thoughts on the Freddie Gillespie experience early on here? Yeah, so far so good. I think, you know, the biggest thing for me is the agility, the mobility at the five position and Adrian Griffin was talking about how initially with all the new guys, even even Gary Trent Jr., the first thing they want to do is just teach the basics of their defense and ensure that they understand how they want to cover, pick, and roll, that type of thing. And they're just starting to get into the, the nuances of their actual coverage. And so he's going to have to pick that up. We'll see how that goes now. But I think his instincts are good and his mobility lends to them potentially playing more, you know, switching through, uh, switching one through five. And so mm-hmm. I think that's a big thing. And that's something that Adrian Griffin talked about. And that applies to Ken Birch as well. So I think the mobility is the biggest thing because he uses his body really well. And more times than not, he, he's boxing out his man. But I think the fact that even on those plays where the ball isn't going to him, he's finding a way to get there. Mm-hmm. I think that's, that's what's encouraging to me because there's been plenty of plays where if if the ball isn't again within you know a foot of 
where the old big <laughs> there was no chance he was getting to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm uh, look. I, I'm not sure of like the overall like ceiling of Freddie Gillespie or anything like that, and that's okay. It doesn't need to be like a crazy high ceiling on a guy for him to be a useful NBA player. And I, everything he does screams extremely useful NBA player from the um, the boost he's given on the offensive glass, the boost he gives on the defensive glass as well. I mean, there's they've been a good rebounding team since they kind of brought in these two new bigs, which is really nice. And, you know, why not give him another year or two? Let him sort of get some time. Maybe he goes back down to the G League for a little bit more seasoning if the, the lineup gets a little bit um, crowded next season, if they bring in another center, whatever it might be. Uh, there's enough there, and the personality side of things is so delightful that uh, I'm very excited to just kind of see him in the pipeline for a year or two here and see what can kind of come out. He's, uh, he's a nice little player, and his role is going to get a little bit more substantial perhaps here, although he's not really playing the same position as Chris Boucher. But with Chris Boucher out, that's one less guy in the front court to help out um news came down today he's got a knee sprain and it's not a severe injury there's it's not really a timeline on when he's going to be back they're going to take a look at it and you know see how the rehab goes it's nice to see that it wasn't a serious injury it looked like it could have been a lot worse at the time um anytime chris boucher's legs get landed on i'm terrified because they're uh, little twigs <laughs> so <laughs> glad to see he's okay but what do you think the raptors do now uh, like they've kind of settled on this bench lineup where you know things have looked pretty good you know it's not like a crazy killer offensive juggernaut of a bench lineup or anything like that but they've gotten by and there's some juice there if you get a hot night from boucher and trent at the same time then it's going to be a lot of juice from that lineup um, with no Boucher, what do you think the approach should be now for those bench minutes that Boucher would normally occupy? Uh, a lot of mis- minutes for Pascal. No, <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, yeah, I, I think in terms of the rotation, we might need to see a bit more of that small ball as a secondary unit. Mm. So I think one of the problems... I want to tell you about a student act. What is that? Vivek, unprofessional. That was uh, ESPN site, and the video of how golf returned to Howard University. Anyway, interesting. I don't know why that's up on the NBA page, but uh, we'll play that later on in the show. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Steph Curry's a part of why it returned. Okay, no, oh, there we go. Um, but anyway, uh, to my point. So before, obviously. You know, because of the lack of bigs, the Raptors had to go to a small starting lineup. Mm-hmm. That created problems of its own. But now with the bigs in place uh, between uh, Kem and Freddie, I, I think it allows you now to go smaller later. And so I think those transitional units are where you might see a bit of, you know, OG at the five, Siakam, and, and that type of thing. And so I think they'll manage it in that way. Um, depending on the matchup, and that—that's the one thing I like now with Kem and Freddie, right? The flexibility mm-hmm. to just go to a small lineup when it's genuinely an advantage, and yeah. just this is the default lineup because we just don't have any bigs. Um, so I think that's going to be something that they might look at a bit more. Um, and beyond that, you know, uh, we're going to see more minutes for Utah, I think, because yeah. Uh, he has not put a foot wrong these last couple of weeks. And yeah, I've, I've talked before about how 
his assertiveness on offense is the biggest thing that has come along. We mm-hmm. know that def- def- defensively he's going to be in the right place at the right time. Uh, he's going to hustle all the time. But offensively, the fact that he's shooting when he's open um, and looking for his shot, I think, makes a big difference. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Berea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Berea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Berea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Yeah, I'm excited for more Utah. I think definitely kind of slotting him in as like a playmaking four type is, you know, a nice way to kind of see if he can hack it at that position as well. Um, He's kind of occupied like catch and shoot duty the last little while here, but, you know, he's got a little bit of chops with the ball in his hands. Um, you know, I'd like to see him maybe become like a tertiary ball handler type just to kind of see, right? Like this is what this part of the season's about. In addition to trying to chase down that wonderful 10th seed, uh, it's kind of developing and spreading the wings. And I, I think this could provide some opportunity for Utah. I also think it's going to force Nurse to go away from the hockey changes he used in Wednesday's game against the Nets. And I think that's good. Um, you know, I think Trent and Flynn as like a future anchor of a bench unit, totally reasonable, could totally work down the line. They're not quite ready just yet. Um, Too inconsistent from Trent, uh, not quite enough of assertiveness from Flynn offensively to kind of carry a lineup. And without Boucher, that takes away a big scoring threat. So I would like to see them, you know, work in a starter or two into those lineups. If you keep those four guys from the bench, you got Gillespie, Utah, uh, Trent, and Flynn. If you slot in a Pascal or an OG next to them, I think that's a pretty good way to fill in for those Boucher minutes and also kind of support Flynn and Trent as they try to run that second lineup. Does that make sense to you? Yeah, I'm with that because I think at this point we've kind of established that they're not going to really go to Stanley Johnson unless they really, really, really have to. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, I think that makes complete sense to me. Right on. Oh, we got some questions here. Let's get to some questions in the chat. Uh, we'll get to all of yours. If you have a question, please fire it into the the discussion. Is Katie joining us? Katie said she's going to drop in like a ghost uh, at a moment's notice. So uh, she'll be okay. here at some point. Yeah. She's going to pull a Katie entrance, which is totally fine. Um, okay. Question here comes from Colin Reed, an OKC Thunder fan. He asked, just curious from y'all's perspective, if the Raptors are tanking and if they are, is there any chance that they catch OKC in terms of losses recorded? Um, I think, you know, there's this perception that the Raptors have been tanking this last little while. And I suppose if you wanted to sort of take the evidence at face value, yeah, you could maybe say that they're trying to not win games or not going out of their way to win games. But I still maintain that I think the rest that they did during that nine game and 14 stretch, 14 night stretch was a lot more about 
having guys who are banged up and coming off of COVID than it was about trying to lose basketball games. And, you know, we saw them play the full lineup on Wednesday. It sounds like the full lineup will be playing against the Knicks tomorrow, minus Chris Boucher, obviously. I don't think they're trying to lose games. And I think now that they've won four in a row and it's looking like them and the Wizards kind of in the driver's seat for that 10th seed. And with the Pacers really not being that far off either. I think they're two and a half games up and they're not playing terribly well. Um, you know, except for King O'Shea Percent, apparently. Uh, <laughs> I, I I think they're going to try to push for it. And uh, yeah, I, I don't think there's any way they catch the Thunder. The Thunder are playing a G League team basically every night. And the Raptors are decidedly not now that they have their guys back. Am I... Maybe I'm naive about this, Big V. Um, am I unfairly suggesting or naively suggesting the Raptors are trying to win games when in fact it's clear that they are trying not to win games or do you think the rest was more part of the sort of just the grueling schedule and injury and COVID and all that stuff well I think when they lost four of five uh and especially after those back-to-back losses to the Knicks and the Hawks Mm. seemed like that was going to be that was going to be the Raptors trending one way with their season and now I think with the four straight even Fred VanVleet was saying yesterday that, yeah, the play-in tournament does give them some some sense of direction, and it gives them something to play for. So uh, I, I do think that they are going to try and make a run for it the rest of the way. Um, I think you are probably right in hindsight about uh, them just managing the schedule in that brutal stretch, and. You know, would they have liked to win more games? Would they have liked for everyone to be healthy and play those games? Probably. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I think overall I've always been in favor of just trying to win as many games as possible. I just I just don't think it's it's good culture to just tank. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I, I get that the Raptors are in a rare position where they have really good pieces where it would only be a temporary thing and not, you know, going to infest the franchise with losing and losing habits, Mm -hmm. but I still prefer for them to potentially gain as many valuable lessons as possible. I look at every playoff opportunity as an opportunity to grow. Um, I don't think there's a better atmosphere to learn in, and so if you can get to the play-in, if you can get back into the first round of the playoffs, I, I think there will be an opportunity for OG to learn more, for Fred to learn more, for Pascal to learn more. And mm-hmm. Malachi, like, it, it, honestly, the playoffs are kind of like a fast-tracking environment, right? Yep. So uh, I, I think that's really valuable, and so I would like to see them go for it. Yeah, I hope that answers JD's question. Shout out to JD, host of Locked On Sharks on the NHL side of Locked On. Um, yeah, push for it. I know you're a Sharks fan, and they're currently tanking like crazy. Uh, but the Raptors should push for it. The extra percentage points for a chance at a 19-year-old, I don't care about, frankly. Uh, and they're not going to be in a good enough position to get a super high pick in all likelihood anyway. So push for it. Try to get to the playoffs. Try to scare the shit out of the Sixers in round one uh, and have some fun with it. Speaking of fun, Katie Heindel's here. Katie, how's it going? Hi, guys. It's good. <laughs> hey, Katie. Just pouring myself some dregs of coffee. Ugh, this mm, looks gross. Love um, dregs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just, I wanted to just quickly, I missed like the, I saw the question in the chat 
I miss what yeah. like the beginning of what Vivek was saying, but I think like the then I don't like that these are the only two way two ways that the season is being framed. You know, I think right. that the Raptors are kind of in this middle ground. Like it's not it's not so easy for them even to tank. Like we've said this all season. Like they're still not mm-hmm. bad enough to tank. They still have a positive point differential. <laughs> mm-hmm. But while I also am also like, you know, I feel that if they want to go ahead to try for the postseason, they're still likely not looking at a deep run. So mm-hmm. I'm still kind of like they should they should play to the best of their ability <laughs> and not <laughs> stress themselves out too much. Uh, and like kind of just see what happens because you're also, you want to give reps and like a good, good routine and like opportunity to see the postseason for some of these new guys who I assume they're going to want to keep around next season. Mm-hmm. Um, and like to Vivek's point, like the culture thing, like it's not, it's not really within their team culture to just totally tank and bail, which also wouldn't really be setting a nice, like a good precedent going forward for a lot of the new players. Mm hmm. Yeah, I, I'm totally with you that I don't think it's a black and white tank or not tank thing. I think if you're doing what the Raptors have done, and last game was a bit of a step back from it because they leaned pretty heavily on the starters, and I think they should kind of you know bring down the minutes for Pascal and Kyle and Fred a little bit, but mm-hmm. like if you're leaning into development and you're leaning into Malachi Flynn sort of testing the waters as a ball handler to sort of run lineups, and you're leaning into OG Ananobi doing more with the ball in his hands, and you're getting a look at Gillespie and Birch and playing them significant minutes, and you just happen to win games while you're doing that and make the play in, like, that's awesome. I also think that, you know, this is a very no-lose situation, frankly, (laughs) with where they're at. We know the team is probably going to be good next season. Their numbers suggest that basically other than the COVID outbreak and the fallout from that, they're a good team. And they have mm-hmm. been for, you know, stretches of the season. And that 15 and 7 or 15 and 9 stretch in the middle of the year, I think, is the most sort of representative sample of what this team actually is when things are lined up properly. And so if you don't make it this year because of circumstance, that's totally fine. And you move on. It's a bummer to see, like, the playoff streak end, especially with the Rockets' playoff streak ending and the Raptors potentially having the longest-standing playoff streak in the league. That's a thing to, like, legitimately hang your hat on. I don't think that's nothing. But if it doesn't work out and you end up either making the play and losing or not making it at all and the Wizards beat you out, then, you know what? Shit happens. And... You were a good and fun team down the stretch, and you, you got some use out of the final 20 games or whatever it was. You found a couple guys who were going to be keepers long-term. It's uh, I've been saying it all year, or for the last little while, since the trade deadline, frankly. It's Hakuna Matata time, and whatever happens, happens, and it's not too concerning one way or another. Um, another question here. Uh, again, if you have a question, drop them on into the chat uh, from Lamar, who asks, by the way, Lamar, the king of the gems. We love Lamar. Uh, mm-hmm. He asks, who is the most frustrating... Who is the most frustrating... We are going to finish off the mailbag with myself, Katie, and Vivek in just one second. But first, I want to tell you about our friends over at Built Bar who are making the best tasting protein bar in the whole world wide 
world. Highly recommend you get yourself some Built Bars. They have 18 amazing flavors, as well as the champion of the Built Bar Madness bracket from last month, the specialty flavor Coconut Brownie Chunk, which is available uh, at the site as well until Friday. So get in there right now. It's a limited edition. It's freaking delicious. You got to get yourself some Coconut Brownie Chunk. Of course, Built Bars covered in 100% chocolate, soft and easy to chew, lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat because they're very, very good for you as protein bars go. They're low-calorie low sugar high protein high fiber and great for keto diets as well go to builtbar.com right now use the promo code locked 15 and get 15 percent off of your next order that is the promo code locked 15 for 15 percent off at builtbar.com the nba playoffs are right around the corner and locked on nba is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama every monday jackson gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league helping to break down the nba playoffs Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Uh, From Lamar, who is the most frustrating Raptor of all time? Uh, This could get dark. Uh, Katie, start with you. You just got on the call. uh, Big V catches breath. (laughs) Who's the most frustrating Raptor of all time? I think it's still Lou Williams. You cut out there. Did you say Lou Williams? Wow, that was Uh-oh. very suspenseful. Yeah, uh, if, if for me, it's still Lou Williams. <laughs> yeah. God, that season was terrible. <laughs> that was uh, He was a very polarizing guy at the time. Vivek, were you a pro or anti-Lou Williams uh, taking 28 footers at the end of every quarter? I was extremely anti-Lou Williams. I mean, (laughs) there was the one pull-up he had in Detroit. Yeah. Which was, I think that was like the end. Yeah, foot was on the logo, quite literally. Yeah, and like he just (laughs) dribbled out the 20 seconds and just chucked it up. And literally Dwayne Casey's only explanation was, oh, that's his shot. He took his shot. (laughs) I was like, yeah, that, that one killed me. I'll, I'm gonna give an honorable mention to Mil Palacio. Ooh. Um, watching that dude, like uh, that, that was that was taking chunks out of my soul. Um, I will never forget a game in Boston where Jalen Rose, like I think he had something. It was either 33 or 35, something like that, on like 20 field goal, goal attempts and. He was on fire, especially late, and the Raptors had the ball for the last possession, um, and they actually got it off a miss, and Mo Palacio went down the court. Jalen Rose is wide open, screaming <laughs> for the ball, and he tried to drive in for a layup, missed, and, and you just see Jalen just hang his head. <laughs> and, and that was pretty much the entire Mel Palacio experience. That's a good one. I don't think I was as like tethered to the team with like my emotions in the same way back then. I mean, I guess I was like 13, so probably was, and I'm just not remembering correctly. Um, I think for me, the most frustrating is Joey Graham, just because mm. I was convinced he was going to be good. Every single year, still convinced this is his year or next year will be his year where he'll that put it all like together. That was like a combination of 
Joy Graham's Joy Grahamness and yep. like Sam Mitchell's undying belief in him. Yeah, totally. And I was and like, also... can you just stop? Like, when he was starting Joey Graham over Mo Pete <laughs> in the playoffs, <laughs> I was like, what is going on? Sam Mitchell was me with that undying belief in Joey Graham. <laughs> um, I uh, Also, the fact that he was drafted one pick ahead of Danny Granger, who was really, really good, <laughs> that was certainly a lot to, to mm. sort of, like, reckon with in the Joey Graham experience. Back in those days. They they sure did make some interesting choices. Although people forget they drafted Charlie Villanueva in that draft, got one hot season, and then got TJ Ford out of it. So, you know, I guess did okay there. Good job, Colangelo. Or was that? Uh, or was that Not, the other? That was Colangelo. Was that Babcock? Oh yeah, it was no, Babcock. That, that was Colangelo. Right. Uh, yeah. But yeah, there was the Bargnani draft. There was no the... Graham was before that. Graham was like the 05 draft. So that would have been Babcock, I think, because Colangelo's first draft was Barks. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, good stuff. Uh, shout out to Joey Graham. One time I was playing uh, NBA Live 06 with uh, my roommate, and he picked the Toronto Raptors. And he said, I'm going to score 100 points on you with Joey Graham. And then he scored 100 points on me with Joey Graham in a game of NBA Live. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like secretly you just wanted that to happen. So no, like, I was like, I, I, I was doing, you can't really call for a double or like properly defend an NBA Live 06, but uh, he was just dunking on me nonstop. I was very bad at the game, evidently. So uh, <laughs> there's that. Uh, anyone else got any questions, please feel free to drop them into the chat. Uh, Katie, haven't talked to you about this mm-hmm. yet since you popped on. Um, thoughts on Freddie Gillespie versus Malachi Flynn and the party of the USA sing-off battle. (laughs) (laughs) I was more interested in Lowry calling it the greatest song to ever exist. (laughs) Or like, (laughs) that was a, like a a, a really pleasant surprise to start it off. Um, Mm -hmm. it, it was extremely heartwarming. I like that Malachi is extremely shy, uh, as we thought, kind of quiet aloof i like how much freddie got into it mm-hmm. um i like how the team i don't know when you think of like like hazing or like kind of like inductions like team inductions like this everyone was so happy and cheery and like got like just seeing the other guys get into it like obviously pascal loves that song yeah yeah like so the, the vibe to, the... to do it like to give it its due diligence yeah mm-hmm. The Pascal vibing gift that came out of it will go down as an all timer. I think it's uh, mm-hmm. oh, it's so good. It just that to see that this late into this hell season is very, very uh, soothing and mm-hmm. reassuring. And to see Kyle still just like so engaged like that, I, I don't know, man. I don't feel like he's going anywhere. <laughs> it really. Maybe I'm just like a prisoner of the moment, but like Vivek, everything seems to point to him coming back. Maybe I'm wrong, but like the way that they're like carefully managing his health and injury down the stretch, the way that he still seems to be very much part of the fabric of every single day of the team, it feels like this is tracking towards him coming back. Maybe this is just me being hopeful because I want to see him play at least one more game in Toronto in a Raptors jersey, but... Uh, where are you at on the Kyle watch as it stands today? Yeah, so I'm going to hijack the conversation for a bit because uh, yeah. 
Bob Mill Palacio made me want to look up that game. (laughs) (laughs) And so I pulled it up. And it is from, let's get the date here. Wait. March 16th, 2005. Okay. Are we playing that random Raptors game right now? This is the Raptors. Lost 110-109. Jalen Rose, 35 points on 12 of 16 shooting. (laughs) And Mel Palacio takes the final shot. Gets blocked by Ricky Davis. Damn. That that is cold. Ricky Davis ending your game? Oh, my God. Yeah. Also, that's a cursed Celtics team, too. My God. Uh... Okay, so let me try to. You said this is March so back to 2006. Yeah. Sorry, you said March 2006. Uh, this was March 2005. Oh, 2005. Okay. Yeah, so I'm I'm like going through the recap here. Jalen Rose scored seven straight points, giving the Raptors a 107-106 lead. And then, yeah. Let me guess who else played in this game. Let me see how I can do. I usually am quizzing right. other people on who played in obscure Raptors <laughs> games. All right. And now I have a chance to shine. Um. Danielle Marshall? Correct. Okay. Uh, we should Eric. have it back and forth. Katie Katie should go, too. Yeah, go ahead, Katie. Guess. Go, go nuts. I wasn't listening. What? <laughs> <laughs> They're going to guess. Uh, I tune out when you're like, we're going to play a game. game. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what do you want me to guess? Who played? Who played yeah. that game on March 20? 20- First, 2005. Wait, what game? Just like uh, that game? The Mil- Palacio <laughs> game. Between the Raptors and Celtics. Oh, I don't know. Um... <laughs> yeah, Katie's brain is not as dumb as mine. It doesn't want to guess who played No, it's, it kids. might be dumber. <laughs> <laughs> In like current circumstances, it might be dumber. Um... <laughs> I, don't, I truly don't know. Sean, do you want to keep going? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, Eric and or Eric Williams. Um, there is no Eric Williams. But oh, Eric was Matt Bonner on that team? Matt Bonner was on that team. <laughs> Lovely. My great friend Matt Bonner. Wonderful. <laughs> uh, is Alvin still on that team? No, he wasn't. Okay. Uh, but that's why you had. That's why Mil Palacio had the ball in his hands. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Bosch, I think, is a surefire bet. Yep. Okay. Oh, Jose? Did you say Jose? No. I think that might be a year early. That is correct. It is a year early. Jose Calderon not on the team. Right. All right, um, all right. This isn't the Mike James season either. Mike James is the year after. Um, mm, Pop So? That is a good guess. He was on the team, but did not play this game. Ah, Sam Mitchell, the coward. Uh, <laughs> so that would mean Jerome Moiso is also there. That would mean Jerome Moiso is not there. Oh, shit. Oh, if I get this, we can, I don't know, perform a lobotomy to fix me. Uh, is Omar <laughs> Cook on this team? <laughs> no, no. Oh, shit. <laughs> I think I'll just beat him up now. <laughs> so the starting lineup in that game... Was Rafer Alston, Woo! Mo Pete, 
Jalen Rose, Chris Bosch, Rafael Arujo. Oh, Hoffa, baby. And then off the bench, <laughs> you had Danielle Marshall, Lamond Murray, Ooh. Matt Bonner, Mel Palacio, and then the three with DMP CDs were Popso, Aaron Williams, and Lauren Woods. Just a murderer's row of centers. <laughs> Imagine those guys on today's Raptors and how different this season would have been. Uh, <laughs> well, anyway, that was a fun diversion. Uh, Kyle Lowry, Vivek, <laughs> is he coming back? Are you? Are you? Where are you at on the Kyle watch? Um, yeah, I don't know if any of this points towards him coming back. I think, if anything, there's just as much uh, of him managing his injury before he goes into a very important free agency. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I, I wouldn't, that's not how I'm seeing it. I think there is still a decent chance that he moves on. I think if the Raptors can build towards that younger core that they seem to be establishing, then they will continue to do that because uh, yeah, I think even with Ken Birch, like, ideally, he's in a backup role. Yeah, yeah. And so if they can get a center uh, for the thousandth time, I'm going to say Rashawn Holmes. Uh, <laughs> and for the thousandth time, you're going to chime back with Miles Turner. You're goddamn right I am. <laughs> <laughs> it's just not happening, Sean. No, it is happening. It's mm. Boucher, Hood, and two picks, and done. Perfect. Beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> but... You know, Indiana kind of becoming the mini rappers would be hilarious if that trade happened because then they'd have Boucher, they'd have Brissette. Yeah. Um, Miles is just too important to them, though. But they seem to want to keep trading him for Gordon Hayward every year. Yeah, but they can no longer do that. Well, I hope that's (laughs) Yeah, see, Gordon Hayward is one thing. Like, see, if you you were, like, if the Raptors still had Matt Thomas and you were including him, then I'd be like, (laughs) yeah, my Oh, they they'll keep they'll opt into Baines then and just uh, flip yeah, Baines. Baines. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, it, but yeah. Again, I think if there's a chance to establish sort of that new core, then I do think that they will lean that way, and Kyle will find a new team, maybe whether whether it's Miami, because I like at this point I don't really see them uh, trying to resign Oladipo. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think you know they they might prioritize if there's a slim chance that they can get Kawhi, then that's something they may look to do. And then after that, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if they went after a Kyle. Yeah, fair enough. It'd be nice if Oladipo started playing better and uh, playing himself into getting re-signed to eliminate that cap space, but doesn't seem to be in the cards. Uh, I got another question here from Lamar. He asks, what is so special about the DVP? I don't know what Kyle sees in it. Uh, I love the (laughs) DVP. Yeah, yeah I, I, I do too. As a person Let's... who like enjoys, when he said that, I was like, "Wow, I really like." I totally understand. Not as a driver, um, <laughs> not as like a driver navigating the traffic of both of those highways, but there's something about like driving. I don't know. Probably for me, it's from growing up in Scarborough and mm. like going on the DVP downtown. This like building <laughs> excitement. <laughs> And like seeing this, like seeing the city, like coming up and being like, oh, we're going, like we're going downtown. Um, 
I don't know, that was just a cool thing. And then I think now it's like, I'm, I don't live too far from the Don Valley. It's Uh-oh. very beautiful. I don't know. It's like a cool, cool part of the city. I've really felt like strangely seen when he said that. <laughs> I didn't know it was possible to miss a highway. Um, <laughs> and like, likewise, I think like the gardener is the same thing. It's just like the feeling you get, like, it's so corny, but it's true. Like now, if I was ever coming from the West End into downtown, even coming from East to downtown on that, like seeing the city kind of rear up in front of you, mm-hmm. no matter how many times you've seen it before, it's still cool. I don't know. I still like it. Maybe oh, yeah. this is as someone who like grew up out like outside of downtown, so it's just gonna like stir that in me all the time. But I don't know. It's it's fine to like that stuff. Yeah, I'm with you. The DVP is great. Um, I've also I, I grew up in Oshawa, so we would drive to the city a bunch and like that when you there's like a corner you turn and you see the whole skyline and it's like oh my god this is so mm-hmm. exciting and cool. Also driving the DVP. <laughs> as an adult is very fun. It's like windy. It's, it's like a little bit tense. It's a little bit hair raising, but it's, it makes you feel alive. Yeah. There's and, maniacs around. Yeah. <laughs> also, sometimes I am the maniac. That's fine. The maniacs have their place on that highway. And I also, it's so wonderful in the fall. Um, you know, I'll usually take it when I'm, I'm in Hamilton now and my parents are still in Oshawa. And so when I'm going out to visit them in normal times for, you know, like a Thanksgiving or something like that, I'll drive through downtown and go up the DVP and mm-hmm. it's gorgeous. It's just a beautiful, beautiful drive. Uh, <laughs> got lots of good feelings about the DVP. Also was what we would take to go to the science center three times a year in elementary school, which was uh, great as well. So uh, I would have, you have takes. Yeah. The, I, the only, the only take I was going to have was uh, there's a lot of highways that I would probably enjoy more if I was just being, chauffeured around and yeah you know, there you go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> most places he goes so <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean the the thing with I, we should get daniel reynolds on to talk about his thoughts on the tvp i'm sure he has no let's not but oh my uh, God. <laughs> 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 but yeah it's uh it's nice the gardener can kick rocks probably um you know, not quite as uh, fun to drive, not quite as beautiful, not quite as exciting. But um, yeah, shout out to the DVP, Kyle Lowry. What a king. Uh, too bad he's not a subway boy, but that's fine. Dwayne Casey has that uh, taken care of. That's going to do it for today's episode. Thank you for tuning in. Thanks to those who jumped into the locker room chat as well. It was a ton of fun. Hope to hope we can see more faces in there going forward as well. Uh, the groups are getting bigger every week, and we would love to see you in there. Uh, we'll be back again on Monday. We'll talk about the Knicks game on Saturday afternoon and tee up the week uh, with Big V on Monday, as he usually joins us on Mondays. And so uh, thank you very much. We'll talk to you again on Monday uh, with another episode of Locked on Raptors. Bye-bye. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.